Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to this, the latest episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. And with me today, we have Brian Turk and Brenda Laughlin, who are managing partners at Anavrio, which is an HR consulting network. And we have a very interesting topic today around uh, selecting technology for HR. But uh, welcome to you both. Uh, thank you so much for joining us Um Maybe share with our audience just a little bit around, around what Anavrio does, because I think that will uh, kind of uh, set the stage for what we'll be talking about today. Sure, Brent. Thank you for having us. Anavrio is a global consulting collective of the best and brightest HR and HR technology consultants. We work with independent contractors and freelancers and also boutique consulting firms. And we work with end clients, we work with vendors, and we work with larger consulting firms. Mm, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, and we've had a lot of conversations in the past offline around what Anavrio does. And, and I'm really impressed with your work. And um, and Brenda, we've had you on the podcast uh, before. Um and it was a great episode, uh, and we'll link to it uh, when we uh, make this one live. Um, the topic today is this, is it really just vendor selection? And this this um, topic sort of sprang to mind, sprung, sprang, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> when we when we met up in the hallway at um, HR Technology Conference uh, about six weeks ago now, I guess, um, maybe seven. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it just kind of struck me, uh, you know, just what is entailed in this? Is it, is it just about the technology or is there more involved? Um, and uh, we got to talking about it and we thought, you know, hey, maybe this is worth a, a podcast episode. Um, and maybe we could start here. Uh, we hear a lot about, you know, digital transformation or HR and HR transformation. And, uh, you know, I've spoken lots of people out in the wild and they say, oh, digital transformation comes first, then HR transformation. And others say, no, it's HR transformation that comes first, then digital transformation. I thought, okay, what is this chicken and the egg question? (laughs) (laughs) Is, is Is it rigidly just one way, like? the use of the Oxford comma, or do we have some leeway? What, what, what comes first or does it depend? You know, I, I'll take that one. You know, I, I think it depends. Um, and ideally they actually are happening in par- somewhat in parallel when you look at it from a, from a big scale. Um, ideally, you know, we, we have the HR strategy somewhat formulated. We know what the business is trying to accomplish and how, HR, the HR strategy is linked to the business objectives, and we know what we're headed towards or what problems we're trying to solve. But ideally, they're happening in parallel. Today, technology is just an integral part of almost every strategy, every piece of HR. And to ignore the technology piece and have it as an afterthought is a mistake. To lead with the technology is a mistake because oftentimes technology doesn't even solve the problem. So ideally, they're 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 happening at the same time. We're figuring out what problems we need to solve, what strategies we need to align with. We're putting plans in place, and the digital, the technology piece of it is integrated into it at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, super interesting. Super interesting. Um, you mentioned that sometimes technology doesn't even solve the problem. 
Um, do you, not to put you on the spot, but uh, do you have any, uh, maybe a war story around that something sort of an interesting story that kind of uh, exemplifies that? Sure, sure. I mean, we're working with a client and not real, we're working with a client right now. Um, great client. But, you know, right away, they want to put a, in a performance management process. And, and they're a, you know, they're a more of a startup company with incredible vision and an incredible mission. But a performance management process really isn't going to, our performance management system is probably not going to solve the problem. Mm. Really, it comes down to, hey, what's everybody's job? What's their roles? Who's who's going to, you know, what? really it's a lot around the role clarity around versus the system. Um, and we have this over and over again, where uh, companies will decide to implement a system and they don't even know what they're really trying to solve for, or they haven't backed up and said, you know, what, what is it that we're trying to actually accomplish? And is this going to solve it? Sometimes it's the easy way or the fad, you know, that drives them to a system, but many times it, it's not the answer or it's only a piece of the answer. So That's a super important point. Um, and, you know, it gets down to this idea of um, also a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, we're not solving for the discrete silos of talent management anymore. Right. You know, <laughs> if you, if you're a vendor and, and uh, you know, it, it strikes me that maybe the vendors play a role in this sometimes is that, you know, they, they will see a prospect or somebody that's asking, you know, I need, I have this problem and okay, I have a performance management solution uh, for you, or I have yeah. a succession planning solution for you. Um, and that's not the way to look at it. It's, you need to kind of look deeper and, and, and just understand that it, that it all blends today. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, what does Inavrio look for in its clients before beginning vendor selection? How, how, how do you start? Like once you've kind of figured out maybe skipping a step here, but we'll get back to it. But when does Inavrio kind of say, okay, we're ready now to look for a vendor to help you kind of figure this out? Yeah, Brian, do you want to take that one? Sure. Yeah, and sometimes it starts by them saying we're ready to find a new vendor and we want help with it. And then we have to sort of calibrate where are you really in the process to your first question, which comes first, right? Um, but in terms of the bigger picture working with clients, we look at what are the business drivers here? What is the business need? Does the business need lead us to a system solution or does it lead us first to thinking through your process or backing up, thinking through your strategy, turning that into process and program, then turning that into business requirements, then turning that into technical needs, which can then inform what's the right system. If we're uh, kind of, you know, uh, picking up on, on Brenda's point about, let's look at kind of the, the process here. Um, we want to know what the business needs first, and that need may not be a new system. They may know they have a problem. They may know they need a solution to that problem. And vendors oftentimes lead with what they are as a solution. But really, we want to make sure that we're digging a few levels deeper than that surface level problem to solution mm -hmm. and making sure that we're matching the root cause to the actual technical capabilities that a system can bring. And yeah, sometimes that doesn't mean that, that uh, we're quite ready to pick a new system as of yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. What, <clears throat> what do you think vendors are uh, in general um, in terms of grasping this and maybe, you know, taking a more consultative approach uh, when, when they're in their first conversations and as they grow their, their, their interactions with uh, prospects, for instance, are they, do you see them sort of understanding this and starting to take a more consultative approach or their standouts? Um, we don't have to name vendors, but are there some out there that are really kind of getting it? And, but is it mostly that they're, they're kind of behind? Is this a, a big area in need of, of improvement for the vendor side of things? You know, I, I don't know that I would say it's an area of an improvement. You know, if we look up the objective of the vendor, their objective is to sell their product. And so I, their salespeople come in with a very consultative approach and oftentimes make other suggestions. But I think ideally their goal is to sell the product, right? So they're going to try to figure out how to convince you that their system is the solution. So that's... I, that's one of the great things about having a more of a neutral third party to help you through the selection process is that you can have somebody who can, you know, kind of an outside party that can say, Hey, Hey, wait a sec. Let, let's dig a little deeper into what they're saying is your, you know, your solution or your problem and, and, and kind of help to facilitate that. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you kind of clarified that. I, I'm curious in terms of in terms of the the employers employers that need a, something HR related to to figure out something strategically and and then eventually um, incorporate the technology. How, where what is it like when they when they approach you, for instance? You know what what kind of a such like what is their state of being? You know, is it what where are they? Is it a is there is sort of like a typical or is it is it across the board or what maybe what's the ideal um, state of their being when they when they kind of like in, first engage with uh, folks like you? Yeah, Brian, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I, I think we, I, I can certainly speak to the ideal. I don't know if the ideal matches reality most of the time, but I think the ideal is that it's a natural evolution of where they are as a company, as a as an HR function within that company, where maybe they've outgrown the vendor that they're with currently, or uh, they've had some course of business that's changed their requirements where their current solution doesn't squarely fit with those requirements any longer. And it's time to move on to something new. Now that something new may still be with the same vendor, just a different um, different product within that vendor's umbrella. For example, um, maybe they're moving from on-premise to cloud, for example, or they have a small to mid version and they're ready for enterprise. Could be something like that, but at the same time, um, you still may be looking at some outside vendors. But I think that's the natural sort of organic uh, uh, culmination of a vendor selection. Um, oftentimes it's a little more reactive than that in reality, but I think that's that's the way that it should work if everything's aligning the way we want it to. Mm. You know, and what we often find is that there's this saying like the worst software is the one that you have now and the best one is the one you're going to. <laughs> that's really, really not the case. We find a lot of vendors who are a lot of customers who are just complaining about their current vendor. They just, so many issues, so many problems. And when we work with a client, a lot of times we find that there really isn't, it's really not the vendor that it's the problem. It's how you set it up. 
It's how you've grown and changed and not adjusted your system in the meantime. All systems have some challenges and no system is perfect. So we try to, we try to help the client actually figure out, do they actually need to move to a new system? Or is it that we just need to go in and figure out what are the really the pain points and the things that aren't working and fix that. And that can save them a ton of money and a ton of time and a change management. There are times where you have to move, right? Because the vendor is obsoleting the product or, you know, but, but many, many times it's just like, oh, we're up for renewal and we hate our system. Let's, let's go out to bid for a new one. And that's often not the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, that, what you said, you know, that the, the worst vendor is the one you have and the best one is the one you, you want. Um, that, that holds true for lots of things in life. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, I, I couldn't help but chuckle inside when you said that because it, it, it is kind of like a perception thing. Um, yeah. Have you ever had a situation where you, where you really just helped the, uh, the, uh, the client just re-implement um, the existing solution because it, because, well, I have a little story to share, but, uh, but I don't want to, you know, any, any situations like that? Oh yeah. Well, all yeah. The time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, and the, you know, there, there are different ways that this can come about, but, um, oftentimes, you know, clients have awareness that maybe they didn't knock it out of the park on their initial implementation of a, of a new product, right? Or even if it's not a new product, but they've had it around several years, uh, they know that there are capabilities that their system has that they have not unlocked or that there's something they're not quite doing right. Um, sometimes they don't have that awareness. Uh, so, you know, I did work with an enterprise um, consumer products company that was in that bucket of, we have these five or six pain points that our system just isn't delivering what we want it to. And we really need to look at, uh, you know, other potential solutions out there. Now at the, at the, the size that they are, um, you can narrow down the competitors to a fairly small list in terms of, uh, you know, complexity and capability. And it's a fairly major decision to change from one platform to another at that size. Yeah. And so we took a very close examination of what they were doing in their processes, a very close look at the system's capabilities, thinking outside of the box a little bit, both on how they were uh, conducting their processes, how they were articulating their requirements, and then some of the functionality in the system where there were some configuration options that aren't necessarily commonly used, but they're available mm. and maybe just not well publicized or well discussed. And we were able to address those five or six pain points for the most part, not 100%, but no system's going to address what you're looking for as a business 100% of the time. So it is definitely possible. That's super interesting. It's almost like conducting discovery for them. Helping, yeah, yeah, helping them figure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I have a um, a uh, somebody that I spoke with in a previous life, and have uh, and spoke with more recently in terms of a uh, you know HR space, and there, you know, this this absolutely happens all the time, you know, and it can be it can be kind of bad where where the uh, solution in this case I won't name the vendor obviously or the user, uh, but it's a very well known uh, end to end uh, HCM suite, and it was just it was 
and it's known for for being sort of streamlined and, and clean, right? And it just was implemented wrong. It was implemented entirely wrong. And it's got this point where the perception is on the on the user side that whenever something goes wrong, oh, that's that's a, a solution XYZ again, you know, just not not working. And it's and it's the person that works there now that I know who's an HR leadership. He happens to have used that same system elsewhere and loves it because he knows what it's capable of doing. And so, you know, there's there's these situations where you just go in and, and you just wonder, how did that happen? And I'm just, you know, not because, you know, the vendors, the vendors have so much to do. They have a lot on their plate, you know, and and, and this is not and this is not a knock against any one vendor. You know, it's, it's more of a sort of an industry uh, challenge. But uh, but I just you know it, it I just think that there's there's a there's a something that happens between uh, the close of the sale when it's handed off to yeah. the implementation team and then eventually the customer success or maybe that's concurrent I don't know um, where things go things kind of fall apart often they do they do you know I think what happens oftentimes is customers purchase a system sometimes they don't they just don't understand what it entails to actually set up the system from an internal capability um the decisions they're going to have to make how they're going to make them you know how they're actually going to do that a lot of times they just haven't really thought through who they put in charge of making those decisions um they haven't tested they haven't it, it, there's a lot to the process and so um just being ready as a customer is a big piece of it. And then it depends on who you select as a partner and who you have or the vendor themselves, if they're doing the implementation, what the knowledge is of the person that you're working with and how, um, you know, what the consultant or the consulting team that you're working with, how they can facilitate you through those decisions and help you as a customer set that up. It's it's not an it's it's much harder than then a lot of customers go into, you know, what, to, into what this takes to actually set all that up. So. Yeah. 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 Totally. No one person is to blame. The vendor's not to blame. The partner's not to blame. The company's not to blame. It's, it's a combination of all of them and it, it, to get it right mm. is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know of one vendor where, um, and having been on the vendor side myself, I know that, uh, you know, and this is not the vendor I'm talking about. <laughs> People look at my professional bio, and say, "Oh, he's talking about." That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but, but I, you know, there's, there's, there's often sort of a, um, a lot of the vendors. I think they, and I heard this. Somebody put it this way: We don't, we don't expect. We're not expecting salespeople to act like anything else than salespeople, and, and and what that means is, you know, there's often there's often kind of like a form that the salesperson will will um, be um, expected to fill out at the uh, close of the deal, you know, so that the the next team when they hand off, they have all the information they need to um, to 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 a good implementation, do it as it was sold to them, you know, so it reflects you know, their impression of the system and all this. And, you know, and the completion rates on those can be uh, quite a, quite atrocious because sales, that's yeah. not what salespeople do is fill out forms. <laughs> when, they, they, when it's closed and sales, the deal is done, you know, they're on to the next one. And, and so I, I know of one vendor where they, they, they just, they don't expect the salespeople to be anything other than salespeople. Instead, they have like a forensics team that uh -huh. goes like they have like, like in their customer success, um, 
uh, group, they have, you know, they have a, like a forensic team that goes in there and actually interviews the salesperson, like, you know, so they, they just, and they kind of go in there and figure out everything. And so they are, you know, it's a little bit extra, you know, labor expenditure, frankly, but it, but it really pays off because those, those implementations end up going as, you know, not all the time, there's still problems, but much higher a rate of success for those implementations in terms of reflecting what the expectations were when, when the, uh, when the prospect signed, signed on the dotted line became a customer. I, I do love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I do love that concept. Um, I think it is a little bit risky to completely rely on the vendor to carry forward what your needs are from sales to implementation. Ideally, you have some way of owning that as the client and seeing it through as the client without things getting lost in translation. Um, we do look at ways for how can we have a through line working with clients from that initial kind of HCM strategy visioning to business needs, to technical specifications and selecting a vendor to actually configuring and implementing with that vendor. Um, and when you're doing the selection, it takes the form of let's make sure everyone's on the same page regarding what the functionality needs to be to specifics um, and, and make sure everyone's really aligned. And when, when everyone's not really aligned that we're able to prioritize and collectively agree on what our, our needs are um, first and foremost, um, there are tools out there. One that we partner with is called Olive. And that facilitates that process of collaborating across stakeholder teams within an organization. And then it helps carry that through line forward. Um, and you can have vendors essentially fill out their responses to each of these requirements. And of course, we all do this with you know, RFPs and we have spreadsheets and I've seen a million different ways of doing it, but um, it can get really messy and it can get lost along the way. So something like this, that's a sort of a centralized um, standard, consistent way of tracking that mm -hmm. the sales process through even implementation and testing, even through training. So you can say, here's what the seed of this requirement was. And now we're actually testing a configured system to make sure that we delivered on that promise case by case. And that that's where I think, um, again, if you can do that as a, um, if you can do that as a customer, then you have ownership of the process in that way. Yeah, that's that that's huge. And, you know, it, because a lot of customers, you know, not all the time, but often it's their first time around the rodeo when yeah. it comes to selecting a solution and then and then implementing it and everything. And, you know, and if you don't want to be wet behind the ears when you're uh, <laughs> or to think things will go wrong, you know, that didn't have to go wrong. And, the, and it, it, you know, and, and it uh, it drastically increases the uh, the chances of um you know of having sort of a botched implementation or something that's uh sub suboptimal compared to what you uh were promised and envisioned and expected and and you know were reasonable in expecting yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah.
Yeah. You know, going back to uh, the, uh, you know, the, the thought around, you know, how do folks sort of, how do you find, where are they when they first engage with you? It sounds to me like it's sort of disruption or friction sort of prompts them to reach out to, to folks like you. Um, and hopefully it's you guys because you're the best, obviously. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, there's, I just makes me wonder if there's, if, if we're ever going to get to a point where people, I, this is sort of the proverbial thing, you know, are people ever going to get more reactive, uh, excuse me, proactive uh, as a, um, as a matter of course, will that become the norm? And I don't know, <laughs> maybe we'll get there sometime, but uh, any thoughts around that? Um, you know, just sort of this, it seems to be very reactive when they reach out to folks like you and that makes sense, but any thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, our hope is that our our goal, ideally, we're engaged with a client from a long-term partnership um, where we're continually working with, and we have consultants in with all sorts of different domain expertise, and we can help them with the maintenance, you know, kind of their continuous ongoing needs. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, if we're proactively, proactively looking at what's going on and, and that it just goes a, a lot better. And so for any client out there, wherever they can have sort of a proactive view, have a partnership with, um, with consultant, with a consulting network, um, with other, I think that's going to, I think that's going to help you in the long run. So many times it's like all the needs just stack up. Yeah. And, and they just stack up. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, uh, Brian said this earlier, like we just want to reinvent the whole HR function, yeah. right? And it, we shouldn't have to do that, right? It should be sort of an ongoing transformation with and an, a continuous improvement where, yeah, we're going to have some major changes that come along. But if you're we're continuously working on it, it shouldn't be like, you know, it shouldn't be like, hey, you know, I've eaten like a pig for all this time and I now have a hundred pounds to lose, right? We should be exercising every day and making those small improvements, taking our vitamins. And so then, yeah, we might get a little chubby over the holiday season, but it's not a, like a major transformation that has to happen. And I think ideally that's how we would look at our HR strategy, our trans, our systems and so forth. And so, yeah, we love it when we can have those long-term partnerships. Um, Brian, do you have anything to add? I, I, I think so. I think there's, I'm, I'm thinking through why, why is it that way oftentimes with clients? Why do they have this, um, we only reach out when we're in enough pain that we're driven to do that. I think our engagement model is potentially a solve for maybe one of the root causes there. I think one of the root causes is if I'm a customer and I know that I'm going to have to, when I engage external consulting, it's going to be an engagement. It's going to be a commitment. It's going to be a commitment financially. It's going to be commitment of our time and resources. And we have to think it through really carefully and seriously because it's not going to be a small commitment. Um, in order to get real expertise um, in the traditional consulting model, oftentimes we have to sign a fairly sizable contract. 
and got ourselves locked in to do something with that effort and with that investment. And there isn't always enough pain to do that until there is. And the way that we work is more flexible and agile. We have a flexible and agile workforce. Um, we work with uh, people who want to do their best work and don't always do their best work uh, engaged 40 hours a week for several weeks or months on end with one specific client. Um, sometimes it's a work-life thing. Sometimes it's kind of how they uh, prepare, sorry, prefer to organize their, their own work. Um, so we match what they want versus what customers want. Sometimes customers want something that isn't an all-in investment for the next three, six, 12 months. Mm -hmm. They maybe need some spot consulting, um, some advice, maybe just a few weeks, um, maybe just very specific technical problems that they're looking at. Um, maybe they want some strategy framing, but it doesn't need to be a big transformation that lasts over several years. Mm -hmm. And we can deliver on those without being too invasive um, because we have a model that adapts and, and flexes with the, the customer's need by way of how we engage our experts in our collective. That's I'm really glad you brought that up because so, sometimes the need is, is um, this isn't the right word, not surface, but it's, it's more, it's um, pinpointed. It's uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a long, a longitudinal need. Right. Um, sure. and, and on the, and this, by the same token, you know, what I'm hearing or the other side of the coins, what I'm hearing is that, you know, yeah, people will probably continue to come to you because they're, you know, the, the pain, you know, the pain gets to a point where, okay, we need somebody, but then the idea is, okay, that's how you came to us. But, you know, now you're, can, you can, if you want to, or need to be with us long-term so that the next time there's a, you know, we can, we can catch that pain before it becomes too painful. Right. And it becomes, and, 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 and I like your, your analogy with, you know, sort of, uh, you know, maintaining a healthy weight, you know, you know, <laughs> you're not going to just, you know, fast for two weeks because you got way overweight, you know, you this is, you know, so it's, it's a marathon and, you know, and the, the process for you guys is, you know, it's, it's iterative, you know, that transformation, HR transformation should be iterative and, you know, it should be managed and uh, at a pace that, it should be kept at a pace that's manageable, right? So that's not, you're not going to transform like that. Voila, oh, we're transformed. That doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, only happens in, you know, cartoons. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that, really good stuff. Really good stuff. And any, anything, any uh, sort of last thoughts to add here? I keep going back to, I keep going back to vendor selection absolutely has its place. Um, it's not always the first right answer. And, you know, another, another quick story I can recall is when I was brought in um, to a client who was dissatisfied largely at the user level mm -hmm. and they were having frustrations with even just too many clicks to do this. I can't get this information or that information. They kind of had already made up their mind that they were going to switch vendors when I was brought in. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to convince them not to. Um, 
bigger picture, their customer success team had kind of burned some bridges and um, the financials kind of didn't make sense. So, you know, they were justified in, in the end in doing that. But if they were just looking at a, a features and functionality perspective, um, their problems were solvable and, and we did solve them for the ended up being 18 months before they finally implemented a new system, uh, which I also helped them with. But I mean, you know, technically they could have kept their old one and been perfectly happy with it, all the other factors aside. So um, I just emphasize that uh, if you're if you're just looking at a vendor and hoping they're going to solve all your problems, then um, it's probably going to result in some disappointment. You need to be dug into a little bit deeper before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just add that, um, you know, sometimes vendor selection is the answer, right? You do need a system. Mm -hmm. And when you do need a system, you want a thoughtful process. You want a third party, if possible, to help, you know, help navigate all of the different vendors out there, help you with knowing where the right research is. You know, we love to plug some of our people into Brent's research, right? We love to plug them into other research that is out there on the different systems and how clients have used those systems and where the successes have been. And we love, so, and we love to use Olive, which is our automation tool who can really, really help streamline the process and help um, as you go into implementation. So, you know, if you're, if you're actually going to move forward with vendor selection and you know, that's the right thing, then look and see there are ways to make it simpler it doesn't have to be laborious and um i also i i also love to say like when you go into it make sure you don't have any regrets mm. and so you know how going through the process correctly can ensure you don't have regrets that's right no regrets i love that <laughs> i love that Thank you so much to you both for uh, joining us today really appreciate this um this has been really uh, interesting, uh, I think, illuminating conversation. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you, Brent. We appreciate you having us on today. Pleasure. Thank you.